Hello, this is From the Rooftops, a podcast about superheroes. That's Clay. And that's Talon. And today we wanted to get into something a little special to both of us, um, that of City of Heroes. Yeah. And the effect it had on both of us. Yeah. City of Heroes was a massive multiplayer online role-playing game that launched in the 2004 on my birthday, April 27th. Aww. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this meant that uh, when they did special patches for the uh, anniversaries, it was like little presents to me. I got to punch Nazis for my birthday. Yeah. <sighs> if only we could all have that. Yeah. Um, it was, let's, let's say it was a very 2004 MMORPG when it launched, but oh yeah, despite having numerous bugs, problems, patch waves, and, uh, let's say personality conflicts in the opening parts of the game, by the time I came along to play it, uh, with the launch of City of Villains, uh, in mm. 2000, late 2005, um, it had a fair bit of a adjustment going on, um, City of Heroes wow, was villains a, was that soon? Yeah, yeah. City, City <laughs> of Villains, City of Villains was uh, issue six, and then issue seven yeah. was the uh, it was finishing off City of Villains, and that's when I started. Right. Playing. Yeah. Um. I think I now I played earlier. I think I actually did play around about like issue four or five, like sampling it. Yeah. But I didn't well, get um, issue, directly involved. Issue one was June yeah. in two thousand and four. Issue two was uh was also in two thousand and four, and then they released four issues in two thousand and five. With the with the last one being along come along came a spider, and that was uh that was when I started. Uh, anyway, uh, City of Heroes was a heavily customizable superhero role playing game. Um, it was shonky in a lot of ways when I started, but right, the, this thing was part of my life for basically six years. This was. This was my primary social hub. This was the thing I did when I was done with work for the day. This this game was where I tested out ideas and experimented with a whole host of, of different social strata experiences. In a lot of ways, despite the fact that I was an adult when I started playing City of Heroes, is a big part of how I grew up. Yeah, um, the same is true for me. I was, God, I want to say 17, 18 at the time. Was it 07, 08? And... Yeah, that put me through my early 20s. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, City of Heroes is, as a, as a, uh, as a cultural element for us, it was also intersected with a lot of trends that hadn't yet become mainstream. Uh, it, it was a role-playing game, which are dorky as hell, even though now we have, like, mainstream, you know, live play podcasts and famous people admitting that they play Dungeons and Dragons. That wasn't a big thing. Uh, it was an MMORPG that wasn't World of Warcraft, which was a genuine surprise for that time of the world. Uh, and it was heavily focused on customization and individual expression, which almost no MMO at the time was. If you wanted to customize your character, you had to basically do late game loot grinds. Yeah, and even then, like there were limitations. Like you, you, if you wanted to be passively functional, you just had to look a certain way. Yeah, a lot of that's you know, yeah. Whereas in City of Heroes, it did not matter what you looked like, your powers didn't care. And yeah, that everything was behind the scenes, you know, all the gear was enhancements you add to your powers, and visuals was just a separate entity entirely. Yeah, 
Um, up until the release of the invention system in, I want to say the invention system was 2007. Yeah, 2007. Yeah. So 10 years ago, the invention system got introduced. And that was the first real like loot system the game had. Prior to that point, it was just enhancements that were generic improvements to things. So instead of saying, you're a level one character, here is a crap dagger that you will use and replace it with a better dagger and so on all the way through the game. What you get were enhancements that say you are 6% better at hitting things with this power. Like you are 6% more likely to hit with this power. And then at one of the level breakpoints, you'd get an enhancement that would make you like 12% better. And then at another breakpoint, you'd get the single origin enhancements, which was the great big deal of the, uh, of the mid game, where you 33% better at hitting things. And that was kind of the math you were expected to deal with. Without trying to give you a crash course on how to build characters in City of Heroes, a game that has, <laughs> yeah, been gone for a while now. <laughs> yeah, it's... I think one of the interesting things is that game was one where you created your character, like, at the gate, more or less. Yeah. Like, what you made. And if you look at the language, and we'll get into this one day, of other sort of well-received superhero-based games, you hear the phrase, out of the box, a lot. That to say the version of the character you get out of the box is what you wanted. And there's a lot of that in City Heroes. You don't build your character over time. You know? You can improve upon them, but mm. they're, be, they're improving upon what they were when you made them. And that's that was always a great experience. Because you make the thing you want, and then you get to play with it. Uh, I played uh, World of Warcraft Cataclysm around the time that mm. that was also proper. And I played the two games side by side because I, I had freshly become unemployed. It was heavily involved in contract work, which boy, oh boy, does that do things to your free time. But uh, that period was when I was able to side by side compare how things worked in the MMO and City of Heroes. In World of Warcraft, you kind of start with a big box of a character. You get like, I want to start with a druid and a druid has these three or four different ways they can play and at any point you can stop and rebuild the character and now you've got to go get different gear for your druid and change the way that those things were interact with what your character can do but broadly speaking there are these big forking choices that change everything about how things are going to go forward and the character you play at the first level is kind of a really bad version of everything whereas city of heroes if you wanted to play a, a character who was really tough and punched things with balls of energy on their fists, level one, that's what you were. Everything after that point was doing that in a more interesting or clever way. But abilities that were unlocking were never changing the fundamental idea of how your character worked. Yeah. Uh, and that was a cool experience, because I'm not actually into MMOs that much because of all of that stuff. It's always... I had this thing where if you tell me I create a character and then put all kind of arbitrary limits on me to begin with, then just make a character and let me play it, you know? Just let me play yeah. a single-player game or a game where I choose an existing character. Like, the more limits you put on my creation makes me less enthused about the creation at all, right? It's like a... It's... It's slightly... I don't know. I think the whole, like, Shepard thing of you're just editing a character... Yeah. That's more tolerable than, say, like a like a Bethesda game where, oh, you can do all this stuff to your character, but you end up wearing the same outfit at the end that everybody does. Yeah, uh, the the nature of uh, of expression in these games is heavily limited, especially in in, in your typical 
uh, Warcraft model RPG because they need people to be able to quickly and easily recognize characters because of some particularly complicated combat systems. Effectively, the content dictated the way that you could be expressed. Because even in, even in a non-PVP situation, if you're designing a game where you have raids, you need to be able to say that players can expect to glance over at another player doing a thing and go, oh, that's a healer who is doing this, which means the enemy is doing that, and being able to give that feedback of information. City of Heroes didn't have that kind of content at start, so instead they were able to kind of reverse the priority. Characters in City of Heroes could look ridiculous. They could choose out of the gates to look utterly silly, and they could choose to look like ordinary people, and they could choose to look like a four-color hero. So much so that they got sued by Marvel Comics. <laughs> See, I actually want to know the proper details of that. Uh, you want to know the proper details, he says, tucking paper together. City of Heroes set the bar of what I expect out of an MMO, so basically it killed MMOs for me. I've never seen such a friendly, welcoming community, and the game was filled with so many innovative quality-of-life features that haven't really been replicated since. Also, it's the only MMO that let me turn into a hurricane tornado and ragdoll werewolves into the stratosphere, and that's a bloody crime. I made a giant muscle man with the head of a bald eagle who ran around screaming how gay he was for America. God bless City of Heroes. I'll never forget it. Because I... Does I understand that some kind of deal was made instead of that case being thrown out entirely? Like, did they throw that case out? What I'm saying is, did Paragraph... I mean, did uh, Cryptic Studios at the time, did they win that case? Mm. The Marvel lawsuit in City of Heroes. In 2004, Marvel filed a lawsuit against the developer Cryptic and their publisher, NCSoft, and the game administrator, NC Interactive. So the company, the company's boss, and the company's boss's boss. Alleging that the game allowed and actively encouraged the creation of copyright infringing characters and trademarks owned by Marvel. Right, because you could hypothetically make a Claws region scrapper, name him Wolverine, and give him the costume. Yes. And somehow that would take money away from a Marvel Wolverine game, I guess, you know? They also used, they also showed instances in the game of characters running around impersonating trademarked characters. NCSoft's response to this was that it was a frivolous lawsuit because many intellectual property analysts agreed that that was player-created content, trademark law is structured so that if Marvel believed they were being infringed upon, they had to file a lawsuit to preserve the strength of the, of the trademarks, regardless of whether or not they actually believed it. The other mm. thing is, the, the awkwardness is in that players were the ones committing the infringement, the game itself was not. And the fact that the game could be used to infringe was not itself any more responsible than, say, a camera company was responsible for someone taking bootleg footage of a movie. Yeah, and also I'm pretty sure it came out that Marvel created the image they show. They say, hey, look, we made Wolverine here. Yes. Mm, fuck that? <laughs> yes, which is also part of why judges did not look very kindly upon the whole lawsuit. Right. The reason I'm considering this is the whole thing with, like, Haim Saban and how he basically just, like, scares people into giving him money. Yeah. And you, we always just want someone to say, no, fuck you, Haim, we're taking it to court. And 
I feel like this sort of situation, because anytime someone wants to do like a Power Rangers or Sentai based thing, you know, Saban shows up and like muscles them. Yeah. And I would like to know how that sort of thing sh- turned out for NC Saw, because it feels like a similar situation. Okay. You know, so. And you could use that case as precedent in your what argument. Seemed to t- what seemed to have happened is that as a fig leaf, they offered to moderate copyright infringing characters. Which they did, yeah. If you, you couldn't actually make Wolverine in the game. No. Name wise. And if they, if someone noticed you running around, obviously ripping off some of those characters, you could get flagged for that. Yeah. And you could wake up one day to find your character who'd been replaced by a completely generic white thing. The same thing as if you had made a, um, an offensive character. And, mm. uh, NCSoft added a bunch of non-generic superhero names to the name filter. So you couldn't ever name your character um, I think Iron Man was one of the famous ones that they added. They're like, no actual character had the name Iron Man. It was just, you couldn't make Iron Man. Yeah. The, I mean, uh, the lawsuit was also a kind of a, a wonderful thing to, to think about because it also helped galvanize a lot of the players in that a lot of these players were Marvel fans and to mm. suddenly have Marvel come over and say, hey, you stop having fun. It, it very much solidified <laughs> the player base to rally around the game saying, come on. Fuck you. Don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. The companies ain't your friends, man. Yep. But that whole... Uh, I, I, It's surprising that a game that was so threatening to other larger companies would, I guess, sort of shrink over time during a period when the sort of media it's referencing is having a boom, you know? Mm. It, uh City of Heroes did grow during the during the swell of MMOs, where every MMO that got made grew to a certain degree. Um, mm-hmm. In 2008, the last time anyone was publicly released with official numbers, City of Heroes had a constant subscriber base of about 120,000 people, which yeah. isn't big. That's not World of Warcraft numbers. It's still very healthy numbers. That was when the <sighs> game had a subscription model with $15 a month. So... You know, that's before it went free and before it had microtransactions. So good. Who knows where the money comes from? But, you know, these companies, they don't see value in long term consistency, no. which is a shame. Right. Yeah. This, you well, know, this, if you this can is keep it, I believe uh, if, if you're interested in comic books, uh, Colin Space Twinks, I believe. Yes. Has talked yeah. about this as it pertains to special events versus Nightwing. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, this is like across the board, right? Because people don't want to think ahead. They just want to make, get rich right now. And this sort of thing isn't sustainable. And that's a whole issue in and of itself. But we were doing, we, <laughs> our game was doing consistent numbers for a long time and could have ran for who knows how long, right? Yeah. And City of Heroes also was pushing back the boundaries on what they would let players do. Mm-hmm. The three big releases of City of Heroes where they tried to get people's attention on the game uh, was City of Villains, where they were like, mm. you can play a villain character and you can run around doing villainous acts and, and you know, you, you actually can, uh, 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 um, you know, poison the water supply and, and, and watch as heroes come to stop you and you get to beat them up. So that was you one. Defeat the ghost of the proletariat. Yeah. Well, I, and there's a whole bunch of, you know, world building stuff that was a secondary side effect of that, which was awesome. Um, the follow-up to that, the next big one after that, was called City of Heroes Architect Edition, where they gave players the capacity to make missions 
and you could make little and- plot arcs that you could run, and you could earn XP and earn rewards playing player-made content in the MMO. Yeah, and that's one of those great things that I, above a lot of other things, I really want other people to pick up on, because that increases, obviously, the storytelling and, like, gameplay aspects. That turns into a game you can play with your friends that you can create things with your friends, right? It's not just, oh, we're all gonna go do this raid, oh, we're all gonna do this task force. It's, hey, let's play this story out that we've made together, you know? And yeah, um, that was amazing. You, you would actually have supergroups. Um, some of the larger supergroups with like, you know, 100 or 150 odd people um, who would gather together and they would tell a story of their supergroup. And like, you know, we're going to go fight this particular alien invasion. And you have members of supergroups whose whole job was to sit there and write story arcs for players to run through. And the game even rewarded people for having your story arc played a lot. Oh, yeah. It had, you know, a lot of obvious UI things. It had a tagging system. You could, you know, rate it with stars, all this other stuff. You could have it, you know, give uh, souvenirs. So not only would you go through the whole story, you'd also get it as a synopsis after you're done so you can always remember it. And I, I can't... I, I I don't know how well I can put into words or, like, oversell how good this was. Just for... Like, we... The other thing is you could put it out, you could post it up for anybody to pick up on. Yeah. So you could just create content, put it out there, and people could pick up on it. You could make an announcement on, like, the boards or on any social media. Hey, something's just going on on. Go and look up arc number one, two, five, six, whatever. And that would go. And that would be a thing that was, it was a very social media era sort of thing. Yeah. Where you could put things out there for anybody to experience. And, and you could customize the characters in these missions. You could customize the dialogue. You had, uh, you really had a rudimentary cut down version of the tools that the developers themselves had for making missions, which you could right. access inside the game designed to run that. I've heard the developers say that they actually wish they had something like Architect on their end. Yeah. Just because of what they were using was way more, like, non, like, arcane. Uh, yeah, arcane and not user friendly and just, like, a bunch of fucking problems. Yeah. The the uh, third big release was called Going Rogue. And Going Rogue was kind of a, a, a big shake-up on their end for content. They released uh, effectively a whole new world and a whole third yeah. faction, which was the Praetorians, who were neither hero nor villain, and they could move and change their alignments and change who's yeah. what side they were on. And players could then start changing from heroes to villain and do the hero to villain redemption arc story that everyone was already doing in their own personal <laughs> role-played stories. Um, and this this was just a way of giving you game content to represent the things you wanted to already do if you were telling a superhero story. Right. It's... it. Now obviously, I, like, engage with Praetoria a lot because one of my mains was a Praetorian. Yeah. And, and like, they... Like, the visuals and, like, the story, like, the actual, like, method that the story was given to you was, like, leaps and bounds, I'd say, ahead of what they were doing before. Because, again, you say how early 2000s MMO a lot of that content was. And Mm. that was amazing. Yeah. You know? Um, the zones were great. The new powers is obviously, again, my Praetorian character was Kinetic Melee. And I loved Kinetic Melee. I don't care if y'all said it sucked. Kinetic Melee was great. Fuck off. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) It just looked and sounded cool, man. Look, I 
I, I have been out of that game now for going on four years, five years now, mm. and I'm I'm pretty mm. sure if I had any major beefs about Kinetic Malay, I would have like already been making fun of you, and I'm pretty sure I haven't been. It's due to like quibble about numbers. It was apparently its numbers weren't low, and the animations took too long. And oh, it, oh no! It's a DP- oh no, I remember some DPS shit. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I can, I can actually remember something about Kinetic Malay. Kinetic Malay fucking ruled. Um, <laughs> Kinetic Malay had a, uh, a a power at the very top end, which was one of those very high power, very low, very long animation attacks. And when they gave it to, I want to say stalkers or scrappers, I can't remember who had it. Uh, if you critically hit with it, it would just be too much damage, and bosses would just randomly die. So they said, "We don't want, we don't want this to happen." So what'll happen instead is, if you crit with this power, it will recharge your damage boosting power instead. That's cool. I like mm-hmm. that. Anyway, this is this is very inside baseball. The the yeah, no. we're talking about powers because at the start yeah. of character creation, you would pick a power set for your character that was their primary and you would pick one that was their mm. secondary within certain types. So not every power was available to everyone and not in every combination. But if you wanted to, say, play a really tough character, you could play a tanker and the tanker would have defensive armory powers as their primary and punchy fighty powers as their secondary. Mm. That was one of the other things it- about this game. Everyone fought. Everyone did right. damage. <laughs> the whole point of this game was everyone was running around beating up villains. This wasn't well, yeah. segregated out the Even, way that other MMOs at the time were, where there was one character who literally expected to spend the entirety of their time teaming, not interacting with enemies, but just helping friends. We didn't have that in this game. Everyone was part of the action. Of course, you had the option to make that. There was you could a try. freedom of creativity in that. Well, in terms of playing a like a, a proper support character, you could, if you didn't like fighting so much, you could, you could have enough fighting to solo if you wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you can choose where you put your focus. Even though this was a game that, like, gated you with archetypes and power sets, you still had a lot of freedom within that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I dedicated a lot of my time to making weird bullshit that shouldn't have worked and a lot of times didn't. Like, I tried several attempts at petless masterminds before we had things like dual pistols. Yeah. So, give you some context there. So... I that guess we fun. should apologize for the inside baseball, but fuck it. <laughs> you, <laughs> you tuned in knowing what this was about. <laughs> it's on the name. <laughs> Morning bullshit. <laughs> we just fucking loved this game. Like I said, the freedom we had to explore different options within our, you know, boundaries. And that's the thing, too. If you just have every option just laid out in front of you, you end up having less freedom in a certain way because of, you know, Choices start meaning less when there's so many choices and they start like affecting you less, I guess, because it's not, you know, you're not, oh, well, you can only make this, you know, group of choices. So the ones you make matter because you have, you know, X amount of powers within Y group. Whereas, oh, here's all this shit. 15 of them look the same, right? What's the pick there? Like if I pick a health, uh, what is it? Uh, healing medicine for a melee character, that immediately just shuts me off into a different direction. Yeah. Whereas if I take one healing power on some random other character, that's not as big of a deal. Yeah. The and, City of Heroes design oeuvre was very much based around action RPGs. 
rather than the like it was it was still mathy combat do not get me wrong this was not a game oh, yeah. that was a genuine action player if you pointed your character at a person and pressed a button the game did some math to tell you how well right. you did at that you couldn't miss punching yeah. thanks to a propensity of area effect effects and uh and large groups of enemies of varying levels of power so you had very very scrubby weak things and very very tough things you were much more rewarded for having an awareness of the space around you how many things you could handle at once and how quickly and this this meant that building your character was often following that arc of like i noticed that i have uh if, if you went with that tanker who wanted to be tough and have energy punches as you played, you'd realize that the energy punch character was really good at making one person go pop every every second or you know every every now and every real like short arc of fighting. There'd be this moment of like, oop, they're gone, but wouldn't be so great at fighting twenty people at once because not because you were going to die, but because you couldn't kill through them very much. So instead, you'd build that character and then set your difficulty so you faced a, a, a small groups of very big things as opposed to big groups of very weak things. And the game gave you that freedom. Oh, yeah, like the the like sort of granularity of how you could adjust your power levels. Like, all the different limits you could set on Task Force. You can do level of characters that you encountered, uh, a number, how many characters you counted as. You could make yourself yeah. play against teams of eight as a single character. Uh, the content was overwhelmingly instanced in the... This meant, instead of, like, in most MMOs where, at the time, this was the thing that frustrated me, it was very common and no one had seemed to have actually, like, grokked that it was a problem. If there was, like, a mission in the opening part of the game to say, we need you to go talk to Thag the Dork, and Thag is actually going to flip out and try and kill you. So you have to kill Thag and then come back and hand in the quest. Because that's this little cinema moment they want you to experience. If there's 20 people lining up to fight Thag, it sucks for everyone. (laughs) In City of Heroes... All of those events were off in boxes. They were all in your little instance. And you could bring your friends in, but no stranger could just wander in and like, oh, that's my thag, I'm going to pop him now. Everyone was encouraged to play together, regardless of what you were good at, and the game was designed to adjust around that. So everyone could contribute damage, everyone could contribute uh, to other people's fun. One the more, the funniest little, it's like a bit of, like, UI thing. When you teamed up with people, right, like, early in the game, they had what they called sidekicking and exemplaring, where... You know, and that's thematically appropriate. Um, by the way, I just uh, want to remind you, uh, in that stage of the game, who was the one who usually had the high-level character who was bringing the other character up to his level? Just uh, easy, easy. between you and me here? <laughs> He's making a thing of it. Man. Anyway! I'm not, I'm not gonna... <laughs> um, one of the things that the, they later just made this, like, a broad thing, so when you're on a team, like, everyone is, like level equalized which is great which meant you could team up with anybody at any time to do any content with certain restrictions but generally speaking everyone can get together and you didn't have all these oh we need this archetype at this level no everybody just get together and do the thing but one of the things the game would tell to you is you are now experiencing the world affected by lead players actions and yeah that's great it's like no we're all like, you're making your own little verse together. You know, if you're all on a team, you're in, you know, the, the rooftops universe together. And that yeah. was awesome. This meant that, it, this <sighs> meant that, uh, there was an overwhelming sense of ownership of what you were doing. I, I have seldom played a game with so 
passively engaged a role-playing community. The you, you got your joke characters, but one of the things you would consistently see is even people who are making a silly joke would still bother to actually execute the joke. I ran into a team with Jesus Christ, who was a long-haired hippie with a brown beard and tattered clothes and scars on his hands who ran around healing people and had a radiant nimbus behind the back of his head. And that was a silly joke, but he bothered to do it. Uh, <laughs> there was the CEO of Earth, who was an enormous kingpin-like villain who stomped around with a cigar and whose battle cry was, You're fired. And, would, you know... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a joke that went places. <laughs> yeah, didn't it just? Um, the... The... I, I, I... Even when you were with random people who were often not interested in roleplay or backstory... They still almost all had something in their character bio, because one of the things the game did at the very start, the very first question the game asked you about your character, before it asked you anything useful mechanically, is it asked you origin. And you Mm. couldn't accidentally click through and make your character until you picked your origin. And your origin was just the very simple question of, how does this character work in the broadest possible sense? Are they a natural character? Are they a mutant character? Are they a science character? Are they a technology character? Or are they a magic character? Right. And honestly, like, if you look at the... Well, you can't, but... Well, you could look at the wikis, I guess. But if you look at the way the the creation worked, it was all about going further into detail as you go. So you pick an origin, you pick an archetype. And then you pick two primary powers from that archetype. Then you just design the look, and then you do the bio, which expands on the origin. So you were just further creating more details, and that's how I felt as I played through the game. I'd already designed my character, and then I was just going further into the details as I leveled up and gained more powers and fucked around with enhancements. I was just... You were actualizing what the character could do. Yeah. And, you know, other games, you would be unlocking brand new things that completely, like, like, made your character... In City Heroes, I made my character and then just polished them. Yeah. And and that meant that the idea of... And also for a lot of these things, the actual animations or, or visual things you saw for these things were so generic but nonetheless full of flash. So you were often left with the question of, how does that work on this character? And you would be the one who would have a reason to bother explaining that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, the amount of um, uh, like ways... Times I saw people do like completely out there things just to justify what was on the screen or to explain it was amazing right like i was i was conv- i'm convinced there's someone out there who was like a fire fire blaster or whatever who's like no it's ice fire you know <laughs> i painted it blue <laughs> yeah and, and and uh snow flame was one of my favorite recurring things you'd see <laughs> What was it I liked about City of Heroes? The accessibility, the lack of a grind, uh, the fact it didn't just keep raising the level cap, kept everyone together. Uh, the fact that my look, even with all my alts, is mine and not tied to my gear. Um, but most of all, it's the community and the people there. Uh, not maybe from how it started, but it was just a great group of people. City of Heroes was many things. It was a setting that allowed the player to create just about anything they could imagine with a community that really encouraged that sort of thing. 
Personally, it was also a place where I could be gay and play gay characters at a time when I felt I couldn't express that in my real life. And at that time, it really meant something to me. I guess the other thing is, for anyone who hasn't caught up on this, the reason we say we loved this game and this game was great is because in 2012, uh, City of Heroes was sunsetted and shut down due in part to a uh, a negotiation with uh NC Soft and uh and uh NC California Studios the people who were making City of Heroes at the time the the information about these negotiations has naturally been very well kept but the information as best we've been able to get it is that there was a negotiation for NC NorCal to be able to keep making City of Heroes on their own as a fairly small and cheap MMO and that no one at NCSoft needed to care about them anymore. And as a matter of trying to demonstrate power in other negotiations, NCSoft decided that instead they would rather kill the game entirely than keep a thing that was making them a good amount of money. Uh, this was also done around the time of their attempts to make a push for... Um, greater acceptance of their Ion brand and the launch of Guild Wars 2. So it was a time for NCSoft to want to appear bullish. And in the process, they shut down a game and a space that had, at the time, about 100,000 people there. It was... Yeah. It was a, a remarkable incident for myself and deeply sobering to realize how much I cared about having my city taken away from me. They blew up our house, man. And they tried, and there's all these little comments you can find of like, oh no, take this new thing. It's not even, what the fuck do I care about Guild Wars, man? I, yeah. <laughs> and, and people saying, oh, just switch to DC Online. I don't want to play in DC Online. I don't, I don't want to play in Superman's Shadow. I have, <sighs> I have literally history here. I I have characters from City of Heroes where I can chart a lineage of how they started, who they met, how that changed them, how they kept going, what happened when people left their lives and came back into their lives that literally charted over six or seven years of my adult life. And, and then one day... Uh, someone doesn't turn a server on again and that's it it's gone it and that's the and there's a called solastalgia which is a cousin effect of nostalgia and nostalgia is a is a feeling that you can't recapture the past and and solastalgia is the feeling of when your past runs away from you. When when home goes away and you didn't you didn't leave, it did. And, yeah. and that is a, a feeling that I have been uh, very familiar with these past few years of my life. And the description of that term has been very important for trying to get people to realize why why they are feeling disaffected the way they are and why so many people who played City of Heroes and then moved on to other communities didn't get back into MMOs. Ugh. 
They weren't MMO players. They weren't an MMO market. They were City of Heroes players. I've have given some of those others like a, a, a good old college try, right? And like I've tried with champions, and there's some there's some good, generally good ideas in there that I would actually argue in favor of, and there's potential there but it's been like nine years and there's still potential there you know yeah yeah exactly exactly at what point do we start judging these things based on what they are rather than what we hope they could be and right to be, to be and- fair city of heroes almost the entirety through city of heroes life i was yelling about things in it that needed fixing oh nothing's perfect um, that's the thing right it's not i can think of i mean you described, you know, the game as being, honestly, more actually than I felt like it actually was. But That's fair. And, but I enjoyed what it was. I mean, a lot of my interaction with these games is always a place of, like, is this close enough, right? And City Heroes was closer enough than some of the other ones have given me. And that got me where I need to be, so to speak. Yeah. And that's still a, a thing I'm looking for and having a hard time finding anywhere else. It... <sighs> yeah. The, uh, the expressive elements of this are also things that are very deeply important to how people are. Lots of MMOs give you the story, you suck, welcome to our infrastructure and our big society and our, our world of war. And you are now going to be a soldier in the machine and you're going to become part of these great systems. Even World of Warcraft, which has had you as a player save the world multiple times, has always had you doing it in some way at the behest of a greater power than yourself, using you as a vessel, sometimes using you to just weaken a villain for long enough that they can solve the problem. City of Heroes is the game that told me at the start, I was a hero. The start of City of Heroes is here is a zombie outbreak. Solve it. <laughs> that was the tutorial. Yeah. It, yeah, and oh man, like even Coyote was there helping you, and yeah, that was which is it's its own cool story. Yeah, did, did you want to did you want to tell it or do you want me to? Um, no, I just understand it when you played the old uh, Breakout. Oh man, I just realized that that uh that tutorial left to us end of the game. But you play the old outbreak storyline. There was a hero who was there to sort of help you and train you in your first stage, and his name was Coyote, and he's the player character of one of the people, the beta testers during yeah. the time when the game was in development, yeah. who unfortunately uh, did not survive to see the game launch, and so they added him to the game as a major figure, like the first hero you meet. And uh, towards the end of the game, I'm pretty sure he was uh, in Atlas Park helping people, but they always had Coyote around, and that was one of those little things. Because the developers of that game were directly involved. They would talk to the players, and we would make suggestions back and forth, and I've had conversations with developers while the game was active, as I'm sure you have, as everybody has. I actually can, and, can point to two features in the game that exist because I came up with them. Oh, yeah. And I'm not special. I wasn't, like, deeply close to the nails of, of, of the development team. Hmm. You, you're gonna, you're gonna 
you going to put that out there? Or are you going to just... <laughs> so City of Heroes was uh, eventually introduced with the invention system, the, the acknowledgement that players needed a lot of... N- maybe needed more flexibility with how they built their characters. Like, uh, some some inventions just stopped working below a certain level, and if you wanted to go down and do low-level content with your friends, your second... Your build might suck at that, and that might be really frustrating. So they made a second build option. So you could have a character mm. who had two builds. Eventually that got expanded to three builds, and you'd go to a trainer and you'd say, hey, can I have this or not? Anyway, uh, I contacted uh, one of the developers the very first time I saw that, and I just said, just so you know, um, is there a way to rename your builds? Because I would really like to be able to give them, like, a, a decently long name, so I could say, like, this is from... This is this is this continuity version of the character, and this is the other continuity version of the character. It was the <laughs> dorkiest thing I think I could way I could have phrased the question, and I got a message back saying we hadn't thought of that. It'll be in the next patch, yeah. and it was up in a day. <laughs> oh, the other thing is I was directly consulted by the powers division guy uh, about the uh, the car- the the class the Dominator. Which went through a major overhaul. Uh, um, mm. it, it, uh, so you're that uh, that uh, that guy I don't believe in, huh? That, yes. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so th- this game. Okay. L- l- while we're just sharing random stories, um, the game had uh, effectively you had City of Heroes introduced five classes, and then it got two special classes that were for late level up unlocks. Then City of Villains came along, and City of Villains went, we want to do five more classes that are like, but not the same as the the hero versions of the classes. So, the tanker, which was the heroic big tough guy, became the brute, which was kind of a big tough guy, not as tough, but the more damage the brute took, the brute got stronger and could hurt people more. You had, instead of the heroic scrapper, who was kind of an independent, you know, solo fighter type, you had the Stalker, who was a sneaky stealth character who could do, like, really big king hits and then followed up by scrapping it out. You had, instead of the, the Defender, you had the Mastermind, and the Mastermind could summon pets and then buff those pets and have them run around and do stuff. And that was super cool. Uh, oh, the, yeah, I love Masterminds. The, you also had the Corrupter, who replaced... Um, I can't remember what the Corrupter was supposed to... Re- the, oh, yeah, the Corrupter. The Corrupter. The Corrupter was the Defender. Defender. The Mastermind was sort of meant to be the special oddball. Um, mm. But the, uh, the, the, the... No, sorry, the Corrupter was a blaster analog. It doesn't it doesn't quite directly mesh. The point is that they had no, a Corrupter who was basically I, we, just a damage version of a Defender. And then, instead of the heroic controller, who was kind of your Sue Storm or, or Johnny Storm, I lock everything down and let other heroes mop things up. Uh... Villains got the Dominator, who mm. I lock things down and then I personally kill things. <laughs> Controllers were one of the most powerful archetypes the game had because they had an overlapping set of abilities that made them incredibly strong at almost every range. There were controllers capable of soloing the highest level, hardest group content completely on their own. Not, not you know, well, with all these temporary buffs. No, just on my own, roll out, go take care of Luska on my own. Okay. The... Before the Dominator buffs, ignoring Dominators below level 10, the average Dominator was level 20. <laughs> 
Most Dominators never broke 30. Dominators were just bad. They were so weak to play, and they weren't well-liked, and they had a very small but extremely dogged community. And I was in that community, and I loved Dominators. My first level 50 was a Dominator. I played every Dominator set to level 50, um, making me one of the gross statistical outliers. I actually deleted several level 50 dominators to make room for other dominators I wanted to try back when slots were limited. The game... I was definitely entrenched in the dominator community, and I was very uh, vocal about the problems they faced and ways to get around their problems in-game content. I wrote guides for players to try and get past the fact that dominators sucked. Because they did. And one one of the developers contacted me one of the developers contacted me during this period to say, what do you think about this change? If we roll it out, what do you think of it? And that's where I got to give a lot of feedback on on what wound up being the Dominator overhaul, which improved them a lot. I, I loved Dominators beforehand, but they were even better afterwards. They were, they were a class I could advocate for a lot more actively. I loved them. But some people didn't like the change. Um, mostly because <laughs> there were exploits that you couldn't do anymore that were being fixed. And they really didn't like that. And I wound up getting into some very extensive fights on the forums about Dominators. During which, due to a exploitative report spam, I was banned from the forums. I was told it was an indefinite ban. Three days later, I was contacted and told that the uh, that the ban had in fact been heavily automated by a number of trial and bot accounts. <laughs> someone had someone had had bought a whole bunch of trial accounts to report me on the forums. So, you know, <laughs> um, someone to roll. Hey, dude! Someone spent money by a, to get rid of me. No, nah, man, he got attacked by a bot's mastermind. You guys, yeah. <laughs> And uh, that meant that I spent three days dead, and then I returned to life on the forums. And yeah. from that point on, I was dominated Jesus for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, it must be so terrible having played and loved an archetype that was underserved by the game. I can't imagine. <laughs> I cannot imagine what that must feel like. I mean, it's not like... I loved blasters, and they didn't even get fixed before the game got shut down. Oh, you talking about blasters? <laughs> I'm talking about blasters. Everybody loved them, and we all knew they sucked. I don't That's know what difference. you're talking about. I soloed blasters to 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, how much fucking Invention Origin shit did you use to do that? Actually, none. Really? I, I, I want... Okay, um, did you ever meet the character Conspire, who eventually became no. the character Brand? Mm-mm. Nah. Firefire like, Blaster hazard zones only, no inventions, one to fifty, two weeks on my own. Okay. Well, uh, whatever. Fucking fire. Everything Firefire does more damage. Yes. <laughs> and there was a zone, <laughs> an enormous zone, full of zombies that were weak to fire and gathered in giant packs. Okay. So what the fuck? That's cheating. <laughs> that is absolutely what I did. Uh, a con- conspire leveled to 50 in hazard zone spawns. That's all he did. 
He ran into a zone. He found the biggest group of enemies in the middle of the street he could. He went, boom, they're all dead. Okay, that was a whole pill of XP, and I need 10 to level. Let's go! <laughs> Living on a drip of inspirations, just chewing on every buff he got given as he went. Man, I heard playing fucking five. Man, even fire tankers did more damage than everybody else. It's worth, it's worth noting this is the byproduct of an extremely bored person being at that point semi-employed. <laughs> oh, God, the inspiration system. That was neat. A lot of... Actually, that ties into a lot of... Because most of the things in City of Heroes, like the objects, were metaphorical more than anything. You very yes. rarely had... Like, here's your sword, here's his weapon. It's always fucking... The money was influence. The potions were inspirations. The enhancements, I don't think they were supposed to represent actual objects. They were just concepts. Like, the, ver- the, very first, the very first set of tech inspiration, tech enhancements were, which is why if you, were, if you had any kind of recharge on your character, you had multiple hearts. <laughs> but... For all the other characters, they didn't explain what the hell they did. They were just, Dragon Force, you do more damage. Okay? Oh, well, that's actually the fun thing about, like, natural origin characters. If all of their single... There were three types of natural origin enhancements. Dragon, military, and back alley. Yeah. It's like, you you were either from the streets, from the government, or from fucking Kun Moon. Man, that origin was basically you. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah like that was the cool thing. and there was it brought up questions that people asked and ignored while asking yeah. at the same time like okay I, so I use my influence to alter my costume and then I have less I, so then my, I go, one, of, one of my favorite moments was at one point asking Ghost Widow the developer of the game one of the game developers who was in the game at that point playing as Ghost Widow I, the text boxes in this game, if you weren't in the conversation, came up as little chat bubbles above people's heads, so like actual comic book bubbles. And I remember watching one player ask Ghost Widow, um, hang on, how does influence work? And her response in character was, the dead never change. <laughs> God, well, I fucking love this game. <laughs> she doesn't split her- oh, man. That, okay, if the dead change, do the dead make change? <laughs> like, if I gave Ghost Widow a five, would she give me five ones? On a, on a, on a, uh, oddball related note, um, a lot of the people who were involved in this went on to work further in the games industry. Almost all the people involved in City of Heroes went on to continue working in games. They're all, by all accounts, good people working hard, doing the best they can. Um, and and they left an impression on me too. I remember Back Alley Brawler uh, giving a, a a little bit of an anecdote about why he tried to buy his games new whenever he could because he wanted to support game artists. Mm. And I remember that stuck with me and got me thinking about you know the people who make games as people who matter. Yeah, like that. Like and like I said, these people weren't just like faceless creators of something and every once in a while they post an update. Like, they were, dude, they were, I'm following, like, all of them on Twitter and I know where a lot of them are working right now. Um, fuck. That, um, 
There's a Positron is making Mo- uh, an MMORPG. Sorry, uh, Positron is making a uh, a card game these days, isn't he? All right. Um, hey, you remember Dink? Uh, yeah. Who uh, like what was it that someone said? It's like she did two things and outshone the last developer's entire career. Yeah. <laughs> when she did the uh, when she did the jackets thing. Yeah. The big. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. She did two things, and everyone's like, she's, she's a hundred times better than the last costume developer. Which is rough, because that last costume developer was mostly spending his time making tools. Yeah, no, it was great, but it was funny. She just gave everybody two jackets, and <laughs> the best. City of Heroes was, to me, a game with the community that understood it was okay to be different and to express yourself. It was a community that valued sincerity over uniformity. There were still constraints, but relative to other games, they were a lot more relaxed. It was okay to play non-optimally in favor of your own favorite power selections. It was okay to come from whatever origin. It was okay to be you. For me, City of Heroes was an opportunity to play with identity. There were a ton of slots, and it was incredibly easy to level a character, at least by the point that I joined. And low levels could tag along along on almost all content anyway. And all of this took place in a realized modern world, admittedly with lower stakes. You didn't have to quit your job or be kicked out of your apartment to be who you were in City of Heroes. I'm not saying the trans boom happened because City of Heroes shut down and players had to come out to be themselves. But the timing is suspicious. What made City of Heroes special for me was how easy it was to get a gimmick rolling, whether alone or with friends. The character creator and speed of leveling got you into your chosen role straight away. One of my fondest memories of the game is when my brother and I decided one weekend to hit City of Villains as Contestant Blue and Contestant Red from Smash TV. We got them looking perfect and had Jatin emote macros to abuse every time we beat something in public. Big money, big prizes, we love it. Seeing other players stop in their tracks to applaud and cheer that kind of silliness never got old. As a final thing, you've been hearing throughout this um, just things from people who played the game and what it meant to them and what they remember. And I just want to share one thing for me um towards the very very end of city of heroes we were playing our characters out of the game on form spring we were role playing the characters in a shared space and that is honestly one of the places where i really got to know clay who yeah at this point in my life i i owe form spring a lot for that i really because the people i got connected to most deeply in that last year of city of heroes life via form spring are the people who I think have helped influence me to be a better person in general. Uh, Even the people I didn't like, because I was able to look at them and go, oh, God, I don't want to be like that person. Jeez, is that what I'm doing? Is that what I'm like? (laughs) Anyway, um, one of the questions that came up was how do we handle the shutdown? And I, I phrased it that every single day City of Heroes characters went out and fought crime. It's because there was crime going on and that there had been a long standing push back about crime being sometimes more prevalent and that was the double xp weekends where lots of heroes logged on to fight crime and sometimes it was less relevant like the downtimes between issues where people were less around and that was just the, the nature of the story to me and 
the way I phrased it was that December 1st, 2012 was a remarkable day in the history of the city of Paragon because that was the first day since the 1930s that had had no violent crimes reported. So no one needed to go patrol them. No one needed to go stop a bank heist or anything like that. So the last day of City of Heroes was followed by the first day without crime in the City of Heroes. So this event has, for my personal calendar, just been referred to in my head as the day without crime. And it means that I have <sighs> this moment where I remember standing on the top of a awfully designed building in King's Row, in the same room as my wife, as she, on the character that she had finally dragged all the way to 50 after so many ups and downs, screamed in the chat window as loudly as she could, this is my city. And then we got the disconnect message. I, it sucks. It really sucks because I wish I had something there. But I wasn't able to be there when they shut it down. I came back the next day and it was over. And I knew. It's like, it's, it's like when you know your, your pet or your family is going to go and you know there's nothing you can do about it. And you wish you could be there to at least see them go. And yeah. you know, I, I came back in the next day. I tried to log in. I, because I tried to log in. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Just, I thought like, I don't know, maybe I got the date wrong. Nothing. It was over. And, you know, we turned back and we all talked to each other. And, then, you know, we all sitting around. And what are we going to do? And a lot of us went here. A lot of us went there. A lot of us lost those connections. And I'm happy me and you and some of the rest of us were able to still, you know, hold on to each other. Even as the internet, even as fucking form spring died and mutated into something else which was uh that shit was rough right yeah yeah because having like, having uh so about a year and a half after city of heroes shut down and we stopped using our form spring accounts to roleplay characters who now had no shared space to hang out um form spring collapsed and was bought by a company called twoo t-w-o-o and twoo was predatory and invasive and i had myself 17 form spring accounts those accounts all had to go through Twu and hammer down, stop sending me emails, stop sharing my account information with people. No, I'm not interested in your special offer. Please stop mentioning these characters by name to me as if you know who they are. <laughs> because it, it really was invasive. It was like a stranger coming to my house and saying, hey, you remember that dog that died? Do you want to buy something for it? Ah, oh, man. That's, there's a whole thing about like the loss of internet space and like the way that happens because fucking, like it's when a Facebook, fa you know, a family member dies and they're still on Facebook and every so often to be like, hey, celebrate your friendship with this person who's been dead for two years. Yeah. Fuck off. Ugh. And I, and I know it sounds like kind of hyperbolic for us to compare the comparison, compare a video game, uh, space about pretending to be a superhero to this, but Okay, I know, I know one woman who was able to come to grips with her gender and, and start down a pathway that has made her happier and less suicidal, thanks to City of Heroes one day saying, hey, if you made a character this gender, you can change it for free. It's okay, you can just change your genders at will. And that got her started on asking some questions. Um, I know one friend who uh, was gay and in Turkey and uh, 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 playing City of Heroes. And he was able to uh, make contacts outside of Turkey and travel away from Turkey 
to uh, now where he lives in Europe and how he's safe and he's able to be out. And I, uh, I have another friend who met another one of my friends in City of Heroes and they bonded over a love of Buffy and Firefly and Neil Gaiman and, and Miramask and they've been married for going on seven years now. Yeah, this, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a thing where people talk about like, oh, you know, having real friends or this, that, and the third. You know, that's hell the, yeah. It's the whole thing of well, it's not real if it's on the internet. There's a real person on the other side of that screen. You know, that's why being an asshole on the internet is still just being an asshole because yeah. you're being, and that's why being friends with someone is still being friends with them because we're all human beings. We're all real people, and we connect. How we connect is less important than what we do and who we are, you know? And and that was, in a lot of ways, that was that final window of time with Formspring where I was realizing that this community that I, that was connected to a game I love had kind of unconsciously striated into a group of people who were very happy to stay being edgelords as they became adults and people <laughs> who were doing these daring, exciting things like talking about racial oppression and 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 uh disability and sincerity and care and loving superheroes because they make them feel good and i got to look at the face of the guy who who thinks of himself as i want to be the hulk because the hulk's a badass and realize that that person had no idea what it was like to actually feel like the hulk and move away from ever trying to be that person <laughs> and when i i can i'll be real here right uh Mobilize was one of my mains in City of Heroes. Mobilize and is great. He, Piece yeah, of shit he was a, yeah, that's the thing. He was a little fucking shit. And I worked out a lot of being a little shit through him. Yeah. <laughs> I got that, I got to act that out and figure out what was wrong. Because I started him as a villain who was supposed to go on an arc of redemption. So I was like, okay, how do you stop being a little shit? Because again, uh, going rogue was all about going through that arc so how do we get there and who is that person who gets there and that i actually coming up met a lot of people who were similar to me in like real life and i got to see i feel like i've grown the most from like you said seeing people like me and seeing what they do wrong and saying oh do i do that and that yeah. ability to then go back and be that person sort of and like oh these are things i do and attach it to that helped me grow more than i think just going through life i probably would have been still like mobilized if i didn't get to be him you know get to go through that and there was, see this there was a moment i remember really distinctly we we had a friend who we've drifted away from drifted together it's, it's a bit awkward but we had a friend who um who their particular interest was uh young superheroes they they were they were genuinely interested in like developmental characterization of people in their in their mid-teens so they had this whole cast of characters who were teenagers, and some of them were really shitty characters, like like sorry, really shitty people. They were really frustrated and angry, and some of them were emotionally withdrawn. And this person's day job was a, a counselor and assistant for people who were deaf, blind, or otherwise learning difficulty at a university, like doing transcription work and stuff to help get students up to speed on this stuff. So this stuff was all very close to them. And I remember once I was teaming with you on, I can't remember who I was playing, but you were playing Vault Tiger, who was <laughs> a Sentai hero. Yeah, baby. And <sighs> we stepped out of the mission and 
this third person, our friend, had their character, this shitty teenager who had been obnoxious to everyone for weeks, turn, point, and in the most shocked voice go, Your fault, tiger! And suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, like, the whole thing transformed. This moment where it's like, oh, you're not actually just an obnoxious person. You're a kid! And you fucking love Vault Tiger because Vault Tiger is cool! <laughs> and prior to that moment, prior to that single moment where we stepped out of a mission door and Vault Tiger was standing there with Vault Tiger over his head, that player had no idea Vault Tiger existed. <laughs> just grab it and run. That's, uh, I, that's the beauty of that too, cause, again, that's, you know, he, read my fucking bio and just and run with that you know that's a legacy character he's got a history whatever whatever yeah you know someone's cool enough to like roll with you on that on anything and i was always the one i'll roll with you and pretend you're famous until you prove yourself to be an asshole yeah and and then the case it's who are you i don't you know but <laughs> i i also learned some really weird things about what people don't do um mm. i had a character named swivel and Swivel's, oh, yeah. Swivel is like an almost painfully generic basic superhero story in that he had a really cool in-mask version you didn't recognize. And out of mask, he was a shy, nebbish nerd. Swivel had a stutter. <laughs> Swivel had a stutter. And I did my best to research that stutter to make sure that it was well represented in the text when he talked. And I was right. amazed, just fucking stunned by how often strangers felt free walking up to him and making fun of the stutter. Or telling him to stop stuttering. Or telling him that he didn't have to stutter. And on a non-diegetic level, like out of character, they're right. I was making this character perform a stutter. But they weren't approaching me out of character and saying that stutter is making me very uncomfortable. Can you stop the character doing it? Or can you find somewhere else to do that? No, they were in character approaching a person, as far as they knew, and making fun of a stutter. I had no idea that experience happened. <sighs> People will do shit, man. It's weird. It well, there's that. The, that's the bleed over, right? We, we, you wonder how much of that is bleed over. How much of that is, you know, the character coming through the player and vice versa, because well, that's when you. I've yet to find a character who acted like a racist who wasn't actually being played by someone who's a racist. Did you? Did you meet a lot of them? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you you could tell the black characters who were actually played by black people. Uh, man, I honed that particular skill just <laughs> on other parts of the internet. You know, yeah. There there was a certain amount of uh, 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 uh of hip hop styled uh, uh superhero characters who um didn't didn't seem very authentically um aware of what it's like to be black uh, see i'm always kind of on the fence about that because the minute you say some shit again yeah, yeah. trash can rule the minute you say that someone pops up i i learned about one of those motherfuckers just recently with a very popular youtube channel it's like yeah. oh yeah you exist <laughs> that's always a supporting thing it's not even anything they're doing it's just like oh you're real. You're, you're oh yeah, real they absolutely are. I'm just thinking about specifically, like there are a handful of specific examples I have in my mind of people who love to, to play these really quite basic black people who just happen to be all played by white suburban guys. Yeah. There's a guy who really like Luke Cage, man. Like 
classic Luke Cage because he's a cool black friend. Yeah. Un- unrelatedly, I thought that Max Impact was a really yep. cool character. Uh, very much built. Yeah, in the you Luke love that Cage guy. Mold. Sorry. You ever keep? Yeah, you, you ever keep in touch with him? I unfortunately have not kept in kept in contact with um with Max Impact, which is a shame because, like, I remember at one point he said to me, "It is a little worrying that basically Max is an angry black man, but he is a pretty well realized one. Like, oh you know, no, he man, had like- other things going on in his life. He wasn't sitting there waiting for Spider Woman to say something sexual and then go, damn woman." Yeah, he's waiting for a glow to do it. <laughs> well, let's 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 not go there. That stuff gets into, that stuff gets into legal proceedings. Anyway, point is, we fucking love this game, and yeah, NC Soft has demonstrated its excellent handling of the brand by putting two of the characters from City of Heroes in their recent MMO. Master X Master, the action MMO, sorry, the action MOBA you can play with keyboard and mouse or a controller and which will help take on the storm, world by storm. We regret to inform you that Master X Master has been cancelled after five and a half months online. I looked that up, right? Well, you know, the conversation in different circles. It seems like the developers working on, you know, the part of that that's relevant to you and me actually for real cared. They thought, you know, I mean, they continued a story that wasn't even in the game, right? Yeah. They, so they cared. And it's just, uh, that's just, that's what I was telling you about Diggs. She's also working on like a, a MOBA style Marvel game and that's getting shut down. Yeah. Yep. Marvel Superheroes is, uh, is on the way out too. Yeah. She was do- doing, and that, by the way, that game has been running for a surprising amount of time too. Right. I mean, it got a console port recently and just, oh man. That, that's it, gotta suck, by the way. Yeah. I hope I hope she lands on her feet, yo. I really yeah. do. It, it, oh, it, I mean, we, you know, we saw all the fucking campaigns and stuff, stuff of people trying to bring it back, trying to buy the licensing and all this other stuff, and that went on for such a long time that I don't know. I guess that was useful as a coping thing for a lot of people, and in that same way, watching it sort of fade also helped me make peace with that. And then they're statesmen all of a sudden. And like, why? I was, we were done. <laughs> I had moved on. It, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, we have these other, like, successor projects coming out. And honestly, I don't know where, how I feel about a lot of those, right? Like, you hear the people yeah. talk about them. And I'm, ho- I'm, I hope for them to do well, but I just don't know how I feel. Like, like, I can hear of them saying some things. They're like, oh, this sounds like a good idea. That sounds like a good idea. I don't know about that. I'm literally just confused. <laughs> That's all I can say is that anytime the subject comes up, I just experience confusion. Yeah. It, I, want, I mean, you want them to do well. You want anybody, especially people you know or you are associated with, to do well. Yeah. But like I said, I don't I know. Mean, like, uh, for myself... The main thing I've done with this is is put the creative energy I had to in building things in City of Heroes and tried to build other stuff. And yeah, that is well a bunch of games for a start, but also <laughs> uh, pretty much consistent writing on my blog and um, playing freeform superhero <laughs> role playing in Generation Four with a couple of my friends, which I love to bits. I love doing it, um, but there are these occasional moments where I'll mention a thing about a character's backstory and then realize no one in the room has ever experienced that aside from me. Mm. It, it, <laughs> it's 
pretty silly. You, it? Yeah, it's funny. It, like I said, man, but you've done, you've taken the energy and done something really good with it. And I think you're gonna, you're gonna keep doing good things with it, man. I believe in you, to be honest. Well, I mean, this podcast is a byproduct of City of Heroes. <laughs> Like without a doubt, like there's because, no like, because okay, so 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 embarrassing time here, uh, listener. What used to happen is I used to Skype call Clay and whine like a like a three a.m. drunk about oh this character in City of Heroes is doing such an awful job of this archetype, but you can tell they're totally trying to rip off you know Ant Man with this character stuff, but they're just the worst at it. And Clay going uh huh uh huh uh huh while he played Injustice, <laughs> and then occasionally Clay would just say something like um. You know, it, it just so happens that, you know, all all superhero stories can be seen to orient around, like, these four different levels of power. And like, oh, that's right, you're really fucking smart about this shit. <laughs> well, again, part of the, and, and that's interesting too, right? Because I do think, right, this is why I say games are good about this subject matter, because it forces you to make, because a lot of superhero, like, universe stuff is about making pieces intersect and work together. Yeah. And when you have to program that and make a system that does that on its own, it allows you to think about that in a way that maybe you wouldn't have before. Yeah. Right? And you don't want everything to become so robotic and mathematic because it's art. It's something you're creating and it has to be free to move around some. But, again, it's like with archetypes and power sets. You want to figure out how far apart your walls are, but you want to have walls. And City of Heroes doing things like that, making these, making it so you're thinking in archetypes, you're thinking in origins, you're thinking in types of powers and groups of abilities and things like that, allows you to, it, it helped me frame that in that way. It helped me to expand my mind in that way. And with that, I probably would not have had if I hadn't played City of Heroes. I probably wouldn't have, I would have just been like, no, just do whatever and go, you know, be as free and wild and creative as you want to be. It's like, you got to think a little bit, you know? And, like, again, like, we say, you know, back alley, rooftop, skyline, back alley, I got exclusively from Superhero, where they had powers called back alley, and they had a main character named back alley brawler, and that, that's how I frame that, you know, and that puts it into, it's not about power level, because, like, fucking back alley brawler was, well, not in the freedom phalanx, but he was a major character, it wasn't power, it was style, and the style of character he was. It, you know, which is weird that the oddest thing about Back Alley Brawler is I didn't see him in, you thought you would see him in King's Row more, right? Yeah, he, I think it's <laughs> He's very a Galaxy telling. City character. Like, okay, so, so, so again, inside baseball here, but how telling is it that the real people behind the game put Back Alley Brawler standing on a corner in Galaxy City and the hero you look to and talk to in King's Row. <laughs> The most cop-ass cop that ever been. He, uh, his shield was a giant badge. Also, he beat a man to, to, almost to death and turned him into a brain in a jar. Yeah, he, we forget about one of that. the major villains of the hit of the setting was a police brutality victim. <laughs> ah, man. Well, and or stalker. So, mm. <laughs> but yeah, no, like. Uh, I think one of, that's one of the cool things about City Heroes is a lot of the characters were clearly like, insp- you could clearly see where their inspiration came from, but they weren't just ripoffs, right? You know? Yeah. Uh, Blue Steel was doing the Captain America thing completely different, right? And almost yeah. in the way the Guardian did, but you know, uh, Statesman was doing a Captain America, uh, Superman thing, but in a way that was completely different. 
Backley Brawler was doing Luke Cage in a way that was completely different. But you could tell where they were coming from. You know, it's not like in other games where, well, that's just Superman. There he is. He's standing there. It's It was enough of a identity of its own that we could, like, work in that space and not feel, like, lesser copies of so-and-so, right? Yeah. It, like I said, I think the biggest thing is we can't spend all of our lives in the past. And I just hope that maybe remembering what was good about this game will make better things in the future with other people. Yeah. I want to see the games that are made by the people who grew up playing City of Heroes. Because I did. Mm. <laughs> I, I do. I want to see... Because, I mean, there's the people right now who are talking, and and there are people who aren't, who just took those lessons and went off. A lot of, like, how you did. They just went off to do their own thing, and I want to see what they make. I want to see what yeah. comes from them. So, uh, if you happen to be a team of 30 to 45 really talented artists and 3D modelers who want to do some work for exposure, uh, contact me. <laughs> uh, I, I uh, feel I was... like the normal sign-off would be kind of cheap this time. No, for sure. We're this is a different space entirely, and yeah, we we want to we just want to hear from you. You know, we want to see what you have, and we know it's going to be great. Um, <sighs> that's what I got. I man. would say that I I figure Blade is probably a katana willpower <laughs> scrapper more no. than a stalker. Uh, mm, are we doing this? <laughs> you try it. You try it there. I appreciate that. But in all seriousness, uh, thank you to everyone who contributed to the um, to this podcast, uh, and and thank you to everyone who wanted to contribute and couldn't. We understand that these things are uh, difficult. Yeah, and we we we're just happy that people care, and we're happy yeah. that we can share something with you. You know, City of Heroes had basically a permanent forum thread that was about helping other players to get character names that they were after. You know, if, if someone else had the name first and you had a great concept for it, so you were hoping you might get a hold of it. And I bring this up, not just because we had an unusually cool community for an MMO, but uh, mostly because I, I just love that it mattered so much. <laughs> because this was a game where you were supposed to make a character. I mean, you could just make an avatar for yourself with, you know, twitch.tv type username or, or joke costume, but what it asked you to do was to make another person and to think about who they were and how they might react to things. And, you know, what stupid ass goofy name would be on the cover of their comic book? Um, I don't miss my City of Heroes friends, because I still have them in, in other places, but I haven't found that game again yet. I don't know if I will. It doesn't seem to be the trend, but that's what I lost.